You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the book of Psalms in chapter 25. I'll be reading verses 1 through 10 of Psalm 25. It's on page 608 in your pew Bibles if you want to follow along in the Old Testament of your pew Bibles, or you can follow along with the reading on the screen this morning. But let us hear this reading together from God's Word. David writes, To you, O Lord, I offer my prayer. In you, my God, I trust. Save me from the shame of defeat. Do not let my enemies gloat over me. Defeat does not come to those who trust in you, but to those who are quick to rebel against you. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Make them known to me. Teach me to live according to your truth. For you are my God who saves me. I always trust in you. Remember, O Lord, your constant kindness and your constant love, which you have shown from long ago. Forgive the sins and errors of my youth. In your constant love and goodness, remember me, Lord. Because the Lord is righteous and good, he teaches sinners the path they should follow. He leads the humble with the right way and teaches them his will. With faithfulness and love, he leads all who keep his commands, his covenant, and obey his commands. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer, and we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, amen. (laughs) Navigational technology has come so far in just my lifetime. I'm 30-some-odd years old, and so I remember the days of pulling the atlas out of my parents' roll-top desk and looking at the path from Gregory, South Dakota, where I lived, to Elkhorn, Nebraska, where my aunt and uncle still live, and I would, I would, I would chase that, uh, that, that road on the map of South Dakota and then flip back in the book to the map of, North, uh, of Nebraska and trace the line all the way down to Elkhorn, Nebraska. I also remember the fold-up map that we kept in our glove box, and if you're old enough to remember that too, you know that there was only one way that that map came back together to be something that would even remotely fit into a glove box. We've all been there. A lot of us have been there. Or if we were really fancy and had AAA, you could call or order and get a a thing called a triptych which is where they would take the map and kind of break it down for you and highlight the path and then either uh, ship it to you as a book or, or uh, after you know, the internet, a PDF, but you could get a triptych. And that was fine until websites came around and the, the, the leading website became a website called MapQuest where you would type in your location and type in your destination. It would give you turn-by-turn instructions that if you're like me, you would then print out and bring with you and leave on your passenger seat and then leave in the vehicle for six months until you have more paper than you probably should have in your car. And you'd follow those directions to varying degrees of success. Hi, I'm the guy that got lost. Or we got even fancier and they were, there were portable GPS units like TomTom or Garmin's. But then the advent of the smartphones and apps paved the way for things like Google Maps and Waze and Apple Maps. 
And now with Apple CarPlay, all I have to do is plug my cell phone into the USB port in my pickup and the map can pop right up onto the screen. So I don't have a need to have a map in my glove box anymore that only goes together one way or an entire ream of papers floating around my vehicle or even a separate device cluttering up my dashboard. It's pretty cool. And all I can say as one that is directionally challenged is thanks be to God because it lessens the likelihood, doesn't eliminate the likelihood, lessens the likelihood that all end up lost. But these navigational technology advancements strike at a reality that is, about, that is bigger than just going from point A to point B. These developments are more about avoiding that feeling that we feel in the pit of our stomachs when we are lost. These developments make it less likely that we'll end up lost or ever have to humble ourselves to the point of asking for directions. I can yell at Siri to find something, but if I would have to stop and ask for directions from an actual human person, I would just die of shame. In our hearts, we have this feeling that we don't like being lost. We don't like being on the wrong path. We have this heart-level desire to know where we are, to know where we're going, and to know that we're on the right path. We like having that semblance of control, even in this small little way. We feel more comfortable if we're not driving around in circles. And that's not just about driving, isn't it? That's how life works. We like to know that we are on the right path. We like to know that we're doing the right things. We like to know we're moving in the right direction. But we also know that sometimes our path in life changes. And sometimes finding the right direction is not the easiest thing to do. Or we can even feel like we are on the right path and then find out, oh, oh, nope, no, we're not. Because here comes a detour. Or here comes a distraction. Or here comes a sudden shift. And we find ourselves with no clue where we are and no clue how we got there and no clue of what it is that we're supposed to do next. How does that feel in the pit of your stomach? The interesting thing is that this is exactly where we find David in our scripture for this morning. David has found a place where he is lost. And he responds with the words of Psalm 25. And the crazy thing is about David's life is that the Bible doesn't even tell us which particular time of trouble David is facing when he writes Psalm 25. But as we know David's life, we know that this could be any point in time in his life because things went sideways often. But when we meet David in our scripture this morning, David is in this position of having a hard time. He does not know if he's on the right path. He does not know if he's going the right way. And he doesn't even know where to turn. As we learn in the early verses, David is afraid of being embarrassed or being lost or he's afraid of what he will lose. 
And the problem is that his problem is, cannot even be solved by our modern navigational technology. There is no GPS for this type of being lost. There is no paper map that you can follow in order to find God's way. And so David reverts to a technology that some of us view as antiquated. David prays. David cries out to God. David says, teach me your ways, O God. Make them know to me. Teach me to live according to your truth. David's essentially asking for help. He's asking for a sense of spiritual direction amid a time of his life when he is feeling lost and bewildered. David is seeking to follow God's path outside of any other path that he could possibly follow. And let's be honest, sometimes in life, those different paths are so numerous that we feel ourselves stuck, not knowing how to move forward. But the traveling that David is talking about, the traveling that, 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 that David is required, is desiring from God, implies some action, implies some movement, implies some direction. It implies a response to God's word and walking in a way that pleases God. David is looking for God's path. He's looking for how to move forward. And a lot of times in the book of Psalms, the word path refers to the kind of life and the kind of conduct that is prescribed by Scripture. And especially in David's case, the path that he is supposed to follow is the law of Moses. And the Mosaic law, the laws of Moses and the books containing those laws is what we now call the Torah. And it can feel like it is just a book of rules, a, big, a book of laws that we have to follow. But the basic meaning of Torah is not rule or law, it is instruction. David is seeking God's instruction about what it means to travel in his way. David is looking for God's path. And the good news for David is that God provides. And the good news for you and for me is that God provides. Because just as there are various apps that we can use and various low-tech options to figure out which way to go, so many choices are presented to us of how we can go in this path called life to the point that we know what David is going through. We understand David's words because we've been there before too. And maybe it is as, as, as with David that our times of trouble and our times of being lost feel so numerous that we can't really even nail down which one we could be talking about. We know what it's like to be lost. And so the question becomes, are we as willing to cry out to God as David was? Are we as willing to cry out to God as David is? Because what I find so interesting in this psalm is that David gets right to the point. To you, O God, I pray. There is no messing around. 
There's no flowery language of introduction. There's no language of lament. There's no national call for the people of God to follow God. There is just David jumping right in and saying, I don't know what to do. Maybe, God, you do. David names his situation. David David names his fear. David names his shame and acknowledges God can help. Can it be that we follow this same model as we experience those times in life where we feel lost? Can it be that David is showing us something that is even better for us than Google Maps? Because based on what David says about the right path that he is seeking, he's talking about a desire to be taught. And he seems to believe in our lives, seem to reflect that the path of God must be studied, must be discerned, must be discovered, and can even be learned in those times when we feel like we're on the wrong path. The good news is that God's ways are knowable. The good news is that God's ways are accessible. And here we have this 40 intentional days called the season of Lent. Here we have this intentional time to evaluate the path of our lives. Evaluate the direction that we are going. Evaluate our own hearts. Here we have this opportunity to study and to discern and to discover God's paths. And we have an entire lifetime to live out those paths faithfully. So the question becomes, how is it that we know God's ways? How is it that we can know God's ways? How can we know that we're on the right path? Because there are so many times in life where we feel like we are on the wrong path until we're not. And the most effective answer that I can give you this morning is to look at David and to cry out to God in prayer. Author Richard Foster writes that prayer is the central avenue that God uses to change us. And so by praying during these 40 days of Lent, we are acknowledging along with David that God is the one who can help us navigate to the right path and then stick to that path during this long, strange journey that we call life. So if we want to find our way out of an unfamiliar situation, if we want to find our way to God's path, we don't need MapQuest. We don't need to unfold the unfoldable map. We don't even need a TomTom. The best that we can do is to look for God, to cry to God, and to be led by God. Because as David writes to the people of God, God will lead the humble in the right way and teach them the very will of God. Let us use these 40 days of Lent to evaluate our path and to find God's way. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we just give you thanks for being with us in the midst of all of life being with us when we feel like we're all going the right way and you put up a guardrail to say, hey, maybe get over here. Give you thanks for the way that you affirm us when we are on the right path, the way that we find you on the path. 
be with us as we travel, as we go in your way, and help us to respond to the challenge of faithfulness by crying out to you with every fiber of our being. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.